0: As I investigated, I found that the reason the lights didn't work also explained the sound of glass breaking. All the light bulbs in the basement were broken. All nine incandescent bulbs had been broken in their sockets.
1: Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness.
0: That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the residuals. Residuals.
1: How was your weekend? My weekend
0: was fine. Um, I tattooed. We got to clean up around here a little bit yesterday. It's been all right.
1: Yeah? Yeah. How about you? We went to a birthday party yesterday. Oh. And she was on the bounce house for three hours straight. (gasps) (gasps) It's great. Oh, gosh. That's a long time. It was wonderful because then she, puke? Sack, nah, she sacked out at bedtime. And they had a, like, it was fancy, man. They had a wood fire pizza truck, oh. like a food truck that they got. Oh. So we could just go out front and be like, can I get a pizza?
0: That's very nice. But I it, want one of those parked in my driveway all the
1: time. Same, just all the time. Just, <laughs> just there constantly. on
0: call. Just go have it for breakfast. Thank you.
1: It was one of those things, though, that, like, I felt very old and or foreign uh because instead of taking their names they had like this um this i don't know this thing where instead of they'd take your name for your pizza they'd say what's the first cartoon character from your childhood you can think of and i immediately was like oh captain caveman and then i'm like that's from like the 70s (laughs) that's the 70s and everyone else was like strawberry. Milk. Um, yeah,
0: strawberry shortcake, Rainbow Bright, but that was later. Yeah. I, first cartoon character. I don't know. I, I feel like I was watching Sesame Street.
1: Yeah. Before. I also I, I was it was that, or it's like my favorite cartoon from when I was a kid is Banana Man. Which banana if you Man. oh my god. Okay. It's about oh. a little boy called Eric. And when Eric eats a banana. Eric is Banana Man. What? Which is a giant roided up superhero who when he he can't fly properly, he like doggy paddles like with one (gasps) arm. Oh, it's so cute. One arm when he's flying. It's my favorite. It's my favorite cartoon thing. It's English. Did you ever watch Danger Mouse? Yeah. With Penfold, his gerbil sidekick. Yeah. It's fucking good. I remember like, and this goes to show how, like, I don't know how easily pleased we were when we were kids, but I remember you would get these big gift boxes that looked like a large, like 500 piece puzzle size box, but it was a stationery kit. Yes. And it had like all of the notepads and the pencils and the erasers. And I had a Danger Mouse one and I was going through my hoarding in our garage the other week and i found my i found one of the notepads one of my danger mouse notepads you
0: made it all the way here yeah whoa that's expert level since i'm out here the cat is roaming around doing things i'm going to be making weird faces at the floor it's not a ghost it's just the cat
1: i'm in the kitchen and the dogs are perched next to me um staring out the window on squirrel patrol so penny has already been
0: outside rockets just like running back and forth from the kitchen playing with her little felt ball to galloping at full speed and basically slamming her face into the front window when she gets up to look at penny who incidentally looks like she got into a little tussle. oh no uh she's got a little scratch on her her forehead and like half of her tail fur is <gasps> missing Penny, but I remember when we moved here, like a little over a year ago, when I first met Penny, we weren't immediate friends, but I remember seeing her around, yeah. you know, it took us a while to talk and chat. Um, I remember that she seemed to have a, a, an area of tail fur that was growing back.
1: Oh. It was like shorter than
0: the rest. So I'm like, is this just like some like rough, doing it in squirrel town i don't know unless like she's just escaped the clutches of something the same way a couple of times could be i don't know she's tough she's got some scars which is part of the reason that i can tell which squirrel
1: she is i give up you and your squirrels um we should probably introduce ourselves sure um hi i'm emily and I'm Joy. And this is The, the Residuals. residuals. You're welcome, welcome. Favorite paranormal podcast. That's
0: right. It is not even <gasps> 9 a.m., listeners. No. We are up early with our
1: coffee and our kids in school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you have a spooky haunted item tale that you would like to tell, and I would like to hear it. Joy. I
0: I do. I have I have a crazy story that honestly I I really thought that it was going to be cut and dry. Here is the story. This is the haunted object. Ta da. Presented in like 20 minutes, whatever, no big deal. I fell down a Ghost Adventures, Wikipedia, old eBay listing, rabbit hole with this thing. <laughs> I was not expecting it. So um, I think to start, I will read the original eBay listing from 2003.
1: By the way, whoever is selling haunted and cursed objects on eBay, like.
0: Dude, there's so many people selling haunted shit all the time.
1: But like, just just think of the poor mail carriers. They didn't ask for this. They're not paid enough. Wind, sleet, or snow, they're ready to go. and not, just, that's but they not do- the
0: thing, but I appreciate it, it rhymed.
1: Thank you. That's from another child's TV show, I'm thinking. Possibly Paw Patrol. That is. That's Everest. That's Everest from Paw Patrol. ignore me but anyway so it applies to the ups just don't abuse the Uh, the wonderful civil servants of america by exposing them to the potential of getting possessed by i feel like
0: i'll have to give my mail carrier like a holiday card and an amulet of protection or yeah. something now that i'm thinking about that
1: Just some selenite <laughs> and a bottle of holy water yeah something Navidad. something oh,
0: some God. salt i don't know yeah all right um, okay so <clears throat> um, this is the original and unedited ebay auction listing that kevin manis posted in 2003 all of the events. That I am about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with the copies of hospital records and sworn affidavits
1: that I am including as part of the sale of this cabinet. Okay, you can stop right there, yes. and I'm going to say no, thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you very much. I was just looking for some like Burger King Miss Piggy glasses from the '80s. Pass
0: on this listing.
1: Next. Yeah. No, thank uh-huh. you. I just nope, want no. Uh, do you bought you, the but, ticket. You're taking uh, no. a ride.
0: Quiet down. During
1: September of 2001, I, I just tell an, you, I'm sorry sure. to interrupt. I'm just really excited that this is one of those things where it's very serious to the point that you have put your readers on right now. Let's do this. Put my serious
0: old lady glasses on. During
1: September of 2001, I
0: attended an estate sale in Portland, Oregon. The items liquidated at this sale were from the estate of a woman who had passed away at the age of 103. A granddaughter of the woman told me that her grandmother had been born in Poland, where she grew up, married, raised a family, and lived until she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp in World War II. She was the only member of her family who survived the camp. Her parents, brothers, a sister, husband, and two sons and a daughter were all killed. She survived the camp by escaping with some other prisoners and somehow making her way to Spain, where she lived until the end of the war. I was told that she acquired the small wine cabinet listed here in Spain, and it was one of the only three items that she brought with her when she immigrated to the United States. The other two items were a steamer trunk and a sewing box. I purchased the wine cabinet, along with the sewing box and some other furniture at the estate sale. After the sale, I was approached by the woman's granddaughter who said, I see you got the Dybbuk box. She was referring to the wine cabinet.
1: Oh, no, no, no.
0: no. Oh, yes. Your face just told a thousand stories. (laughs) (laughs) I asked her what a Dybbuk box was, and she told me that when she was growing up, her grandmother always kept the wine cabinet in her sewing room. It was always shut and set in a place that was out of reach. The grandmother always called it the Dybbuk box. When the girl asked the grandmother what was inside, her grandmother spit three times through her fingers, said a Dybbuk and a Kesselim. The grandmother went on to tell the girl that the wine cabinet was never, ever to be opened.
1: Well, then that makes it a perfect thing to sell at a yard sale. Surely. Of course. Indeed. The
0: granddaughter told me that her grandmother had asked that the box be buried with her. However, as such a request was contrary to the rules of an Orthodox Jewish burial, the grandmother's request had not been honored. I asked the granddaughter what a Dybbuk and kesselim were, but she did not know. I asked if she would like to open it with me. She did not want to open it as her grandmother had been very emphatic and serious when she instructed her not to do so. And regardless of the reason, she wanted to honor her grandmother's request.
1: Right. This honestly feels like every single conversation I have with my kid, which is if you just listened, we could have avoided this completely.
0: (laughs) We had that conversation like six times this morning.
1: Yeah. If you just listened, this wouldn't have happened.
0: I finally ended up offering to let her keep what seemed to be A sentimental keepsake. At that point, she was very insistent and said, No, no, you bought it. I explained that I didn't want my money back and that it would make me feel better to do what I thought was an act of kindness. Then she became somewhat upset. Looking back now, the way she became upset was just plain odd. She raised her voice to me and said, You bought it. You made a deal. When I tried to speak, she yelled, We don't want it. (laughs) She began to cry and asked me to leave and quickly walked away. Oh my I wrote God. the whole episode off to the stress and grief she must have been experiencing, and I took my purchases and politely left. At the time when I bought the cabinet, I owned a small furniture refinishing business. I took the cabinet to my store and put it in my basement workshop where I intended to refinish it and give it as a gift to my mother. I didn't think any more about it. No. No. I opened my shop for the day and went to run some errands, leaving the young woman who did sales for me in charge. After about half an hour, I got a call on my cell phone. The call was from my salesperson. She was absolutely hysterical and screaming that someone in my workshop was there breaking glass and swearing. Furthermore, the intruder had locked the iron security gates and the emergency exit, and she couldn't get out. As I told her to call the police, my cell phone battery went dead. I hit speeds of 100 miles an hour getting back to the shop. When I arrived, I found the gates locked. I went inside and found my employee on the floor in a corner of my office sobbing hysterically. (gasps) I ran into the basement and went downstairs. At the bottom of the stairs, I was hit by an overpowering, unmistakable odor of cat urine. No! There had never been any animals kept or found in my shop. The lights didn't work. As I investigated, I found that the reason the lights didn't work also explained the sound of glass breaking. All the light bulbs in the basement were broken. No. All nine incandescent bulbs had been broken in their sockets. No. And 10 four-foot fluorescent tubes were lying shattered on the floor. No. I did not find an intruder, however. I should also add that there was only one entrance to the basement. It would have been impossible for anyone to leave without me meeting them head on. (laughs) I went back up to speak with my salesperson, but she had left. She never returned to work after having been with me for two years. She refuses to discuss the incident to this day. I never thought of relating the events of that day to anything having to do with the cabinet. Then things got worse. Oh God. As I already indicated, I had decided to give the cabinet to my mother as a birthday gift. About two weeks after I made the purchase, I decided to get started refinishing it. I was surprised to find that the cabinet had a unique little mechanism. When you open one of the doors, the mechanism causes the opposite door and the little drawer to open at the same time. It is very well made, Inside the cabinet, I found the following items. One 1928 U.S. wheat penny. One 1925 U.S. wheat penny. One small lock of blonde hair bound with string. No. (laughs) One small lock of black brown hair bound with string. No. One small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters. I have been told that the letters spell out the word Shalom. Okay. One dried rosebud. One golden wine cup. One very strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. Huh. I saved all of the items in a box intending to return them to the estate. The family had refused the items, so they will be included with the sale of this cabinet. After opening the cabinet, I decided not to refinish it. I cleaned it and rubbed it with some lemon oil. It was at this time that I noticed there was an inscription in Hebrew carved into the back of the cabinet. I have no idea what it says or if it's significant. I have included a picture of that inscription below. On my mother's birthday, October 28th, 2001, my mother called to tell me she was going out of town with her sister for three days. We postponed celebrating her birthday until she returned. On October 31st, 2001, My mother came to my shop. We were going to have lunch together, but before we were going to leave, I gave her the wine cabinet. No. She seemed to like it. While she examined it, I went and made a phone call. I hadn't been out of sight more than five minutes when one of my employees came running into my office saying something was wrong with my mom. When I went back to see what was the matter, I found my mom sitting in a chair beside the cabinet. Her face had no expression but tears were streaming down her cheeks. No matter how hard I tried to get her to respond, she would not. (sighs) She could not. It turns out that my mother had suffered a stroke. Oh, fuck. She was taken to the hospital by ambulance. She ended up suffering partial paralysis and losing her ability to speak and (gasps) form words. She has since regained the ability to speak. She could understand things being said to her, and could respond by pointing to letters of the alphabet to spell out words she wanted to say. When I asked her the following day how she was doing, she teared up and spelled out the words N-O-G-I-F-T.
1: Nogift? Oh, no gift. Nogift. Sorry.
0: (laughs) I assured her that I had been that I had given her a gift for her birthday, thinking that she didn't remember. <laughs> it's a typical yeah. mom to be like, you didn't give me a present, jerk. <laughs> but she became even more upset and spelled out the words H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T. Oh, dang. All right, mom. Wow. I laughed and told her not to worry. I told her I was sorry she didn't like the cabinet, and then I would get her anything she wanted if she promised to get well soon. Still, I didn't associate anything that had happened with the cabinet itself or anything paranormal. Frankly, I don't think I ever even used the term paranormal until this last month. I'll try to make this short now. Listen,
1: buddy. Yeah, well, too late for that. Let's just keep going. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I gave the cabinet to my sister. She kept it for a week, then gave it back. She complained that she couldn't get the doors to stay closed and they kept coming open. There are no springs in the door mechanism, and I have never found the doors to come open. I gave it to my brother and his wife, who kept it for three days, and then gave it back. (sighs) My brother said it smelled like jasmine flowers, while his wife insisted that it put out an odor of cat urine.
1: No, the cat piss. I gave
0: it to my girlfriend. That's ammonia,
1: right? It's ammonia. Yeah. Is that the smell?
0: Okay. I gave it to my girlfriend who asked me to sell it for her after only two days. I sold it the same day to a nice middle-aged couple. Three days later, when I came to open the shop for the day, I found the cabinet sitting at the front doors with a note that read, This has a bad darkness. I had no idea what that meant.
1: What do you mean you have no idea what that meant? It gave your mother a stroke. Mm I know. Man, the early
0: aughts, like you just couldn't find Google and go on and look at shit. I don't know, man. It was tough to live then without the internet in your hand.
1: Like, come on. Okay. So it says, this has a bad darkness.
0: I had no idea what that meant. Anyway, I ended up taking it home. Then things got even worse.
1: I'm sure they did.
0: Since the day I brought it home, I began having a strange reoccurring nightmare. Every time I have the horrible dream, it goes something like this. I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust at this point in the dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of that person that I am with. It is then that I realize there is something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I'm with changes into what I can only describe as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. Jesus. This hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I've been hit by the old woman during the previous night. Still, I have never related the nightmares to the cabinet, nor do I think that I ever would have. What is wrong? About a month ago, however, my sister and my brother and his wife came over to my house and spent the night. The following morning during breakfast, my sister complained that she had a horrible nightmare. She said that she recalled having it a couple of times before and went on to describe my nightmare exactly to the last detail.
1: No shit. My brother
0: and his wife froze as they listened, and they chimed in that they had both had the exact same dreams during the night as well. The hair was standing up on the back of my neck and still is. As we talked, it became clear that the common denominator was that each of us had had the nightmare during the times that the cabinet was in our respective homes. Right. I called my girlfriend and asked if she could recall having any nightmares recently. She described the same nightmare, same hag, everything. Mm -mm. When I asked her if she remembered the date when she had the nightmare, she said she did not. Then I asked if it happened to be the night before she gave me the cabinet back. And she said, yeah, how did you know that? (gasps) Now then, since my family discussion, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. For a week afterward, I started seeing what I can only describe as shadow things in my peripheral vision. In fact, numerous visitors to my house have claimed that they have seen these shadow things. I put the cabinet in an outside storage unit and was awakened when the smoke alarm in the unit went off in the middle of the night. When I went to see what was burning, I opened the door and didn't see any smoke. However, I did get hit with the smell of cat urine. When I went back inside, the smell was there in my house too. I do not own a cat and never have. That sentence is all caps. (laughs) Right. I went back outside and grabbed the cabinet. I brought it back inside and tried to research it on the internet. While I was surfing the net, I fell asleep and once again had that same freaking nightmare. I woke up around 4.30 a.m. when it felt and smelled like someone was breathing on my neck. To find that my house now smelled like jasmine flowers.
1: Which is like his brother said.
0: And just in time to see a huge shadow thing go lopping down the hall away from me. No. I would destroy this thing in a second, except I really don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I am afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it is that seems to have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me.
1: Right, no shit.
0: I have been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you are one of these people, please Please buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. You can see that I have no reserve price or minimum bid. If I can make things any easier, let me know, and I will do everything within my abilities. Oh, my God. One more note. On the same day that my mom had her stroke, the lease to my store was summarily terminated without cause. Shut up. The measurements are... 12 and a half inches by seven and a half inches by 16 and a quarter inches. All of the items that I originally found inside the cabinet are included in the sale and will be delivered with the cabinet. And then after the original post, this was added. There is no way that I can respond to all of the emails I've received since I put this thing online. I'll try now to update and answer the most common questions I've been receiving. One, no, I am not religious. Two, no, I do not wish to have or participate in any sort of exorcism or case study or photo sessions at my home. Three, no, I will not sell any of the individual pieces which were found separate from the other pieces and the cabinet. Four, no, I do not speak Hebrew, nor do I know what the word Keselim means. And I don't know that the word is even a Hebrew word. Right. Five. At the end of this auction, I have decided to take an opportunity to speak with the winning bidder for two reasons. A, to make sure that the winning bidder is a serious adult who has employed some valid reasoning skills in making the decision to accept whatever this is. I will not be judgmental. Do whatever you want or need after the sale. B, to offer full details of the events that have transpired. After I carried out all those responsibilities and upon payment, I will have the cabinet and its contents delivered by U.S. Mail, FedEx, or UPS to the winning bidder. (sighs) At that point, I will have no further involvement with the matter in any way, shape, or form, period. Six. To all of you who have offered to pray, I may not be religious, but I am certainly open to the possibilities, no matter what your religion might be. Thank you. And there's another addition to the post that was later. This is like two weeks after that post was made. Or no, a couple days. Sorry. Right. Here is another update for everyone following the listing. No, no, I will not circumvent or make any deals outside of eBay. Even for more money than the final auction price. If you want to win the auction and have the kind of money some of you are offering, there shouldn't be any reason why you cannot simply place your bid in an honest, open fashion. I'm sure you can understand why I might be suspicious. Also, for those of you wanting to know if I am still experiencing anything out of the normal or out of the ordinary, I thought everything was going okay until I got home on Friday, the 13th of June, and found that the fish in my freshwater aquarium, all 10, were dead. No, I'm still hoping that all of this is coincidental crap. And that is the original post from eBay about the Dybbuk box by Kevin Manis from 2003. Jesus Christo, he's it, whatever. It's a lot. That's bonkers. After hearing that listing, I feel like I should probably tell you all a few things.
1: Yes, please do because a dibbic is a thing.
0: It's a real, it's a, a thing in yes. Jewish
1: folklore. Please tell me a Dybbuk
0: is in Jewish folklore, a disembodied human spirit that because of former sins or the sort of idea of unfinished business uh, wanders restlessly until it finds the body of a living person to inhabit. Okay. And this is something that, um, was a prevalent belief in Europe in like the 16th, 17th century. So it's not a new concept. It's not something that has been made up recently. It's been around for a long time. Okay. It comes from the Hebrew verb, debak, D-A-B-A-Q, which is just sort of the way to say it. Cause obviously
1: like debek. Okay. Um, but that
0: it means to adhere or cling yeah. because it is a literal attachment to someone like a possession.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so it seems like what its purpose is is to find a living host to carry out whatever its business is so it can move on.
1: Wait, this sounds like there was a movie with Denzel Washington. What the fuck was the movie where there was like an evil something that would hop from person to person? Fuck. Maybe it wasn't Denzel. Maybe wasn't it was it, about this it was this? It, because it wasn't about the Dybbuk. Hang on a minute. Gem, hang on. <laughs> Okay, the movie's called Fallen. It has Denzel Washington and John Goodman in it, and James Gandolfini. Oh, yeah! It's like it's a. It was 1998. Like my husband, like wealth of useless, not useless, useful in this case. It was very
0: useful in this case. Very
1: useful. He's like my own IMDb. Fantastic. Carry on. Sorry. Um, Yes.
0: Maybe maybe it has some. um,
1: Well, it came out in 19. it came out in 1998, and that's before this Dybbuk was put on.
0: Yes, events. but there
1: have been writings
0: about it. I mean, it's okay. been like a thing for centuries.
1: Ew. Um, Jeez.
0: Ansky wrote a play called The Dybbuk. Um, okay, you know, like the term first appeared in 16th century writings. Um, earlier accounts have been written by people like Josephus about it falling. Uh, Into the demonic possession category versus just ghosts. So Uh there's sort of like two different thinkings on it. Right. The stories helped in advocating orthodoxy, orthodoxy, orthodoxy uh, as a preventative thing. So, like, if you doubted the veracity of a Bible event or a story or made a sloppy mezuzah, you know, you opened up your household to Dybbuk possession. So, it was oh. kind of a way to keep in line with your religious duties and expectations. Okay. Interestingly, I also read that traditionally Dibbics are male spirits who possessed women the night before their wedding
1: Oh, because of in course. In a
0: sexual way by entering
1: through their vaginas. Oh, their poor vizage.
0: Which is the case in the Ansky play. So if you okay. want to read a play about vaginal ghost possession, Anski a weird person.
1: Maybe like Carrie Sitaro, you can have, you too can have your very own queef baby. That's it. Ghost babies, queef. here we come. <laughs> I found this also
0: interesting. Contrasting the dibek is the Eber, okay. which literally means impregnation. Ew. So according to Wikipedia, I don't speak Yiddish, but the Eber is a positive possession where a righteous soul temporarily possesses someone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is always done with the consent of the person okay, so that the soul can perform a mitzvah which is a commandment or in this case, an act performed to fulfill a commandment given by God. Okay. So it's kind of a similar thing, but in a nicer route. Like I didn't, the the dibbick is like, I didn't finish the shit that I needed to do. I just really needed to like invade you for a sec so I can finish the shit and get on with my soul's existence. Mm. Right. The paper seems to be like, uh, excuse me, do you mind if I like come in your body for like a minute? I have this like, mitzvah act of goodness, kindness to do, and then I'll be out of your way.
1: Okay, so okay, so the other one is like if Rosemary's baby had a different outcome. Kind, yeah, kind of. I yeah. mean, yeah,
0: sure. Okay. Um I also found it interesting reading the uh eBay listing because at one point Manis says something about an act of kindness. I explained that I didn't want my money back and then it would make me feel better to do what I thought was an act of kindness. And right. I find it interesting that
1: That's he's the talking
0: about doing something. Right. Which we'll get into a little later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so a mitzvah has also evolved into meaning an act of kindness someone performs in keeping with their religious laws. Right. So just want to point that out. Okay. So that was 2003. Um, it's changed hands a couple of times, and uh, the f- pro I think the first time I remember seeing it was on <gasps> a series that Zach Bagans did, mm. um, with Ghost Adventures, and it was called uh Deadly Possessions, but I think it also goes by Ghost Adventures Artifacts. Okay. And this aired in April of 2016, so it's been out okay. for a while. And it was the episode, I think it was the first episode they did. They only did this one season. Okay. And this was on Robert the doll and the okay. Dybbuk box. The whole premise of the show is that he's got the haunted museum in Vegas and uh, he's collecting things to fill the museum. And the show is people bringing these extremely haunted world renowned sort of objects to him. Right. That he's taking from them, buying from them, whatever so that they don't have to deal with them anymore or just so that he can like meet these things because certain ones like Robert the doll they're not they're not giving up Robert Robert where Robert lives in west right but the Dybbuk box Zach was planning to buy from the owner at the time Mm -hmm. so Jason Haxton from Kirksville Missouri was the current owner of the Dybbuk box in 2016 and he said that he's kept it at that time for five years to protect the public. Yeah. Uh, he also has um, a museum of like osteology or something. What? Yeah, he has got like some museum in Missouri. So he's got a bunch. Of, he's a collector himself. He didn't just like randomly be like, hey, let me just have this one super haunted, crazy dipic box. Right. So I think he's got a bunch of stuff already. So he comes into the show and he says the same thing. You know, I got this from Kevin Manis and it was created by a Holocaust survivor as a way to deal with her grief and loss from the war. Okay. Um, they also talked to Kevin Manis, the poster, the original poster of the eBay thing. And he's the original, not the original owner, but the person who had it after uh, the original family. Right. And they the box until it went to Vegas had been in Missouri for 12 years. Okay. Haxton said that he kept it buried. He had to literally go dig up the Dybbuk box to bring it to Zach in Las Vegas. And Zach was like, what do you mean you have, you have it literally buried? He's like, yes, I I have it buried in a military box on my property. And he's like, where do you, he's like, I have 26 acres and I know where it is all the time, but I don't let anyone else know where it is. Okay. Thank you. So he's right. So he's felt like for the last five years, he's been protecting the public by keeping this thing. Haxton said the first time that he touched the box, he became extremely ill. He was vomiting quote crud. That was like quote ectoplasm. He was choking His eyes were bleeding. He broke out into hives, like just incredibly sick. No, thank you. So, you know, Manus says that the way his mom described it was that something that was pure evil rushed through her when she opened the box. Like that's how she felt. When she had her stroke. Yes. Right before she had the stroke, she felt like it was just a wave crashing onto her of evil. Jesus. And... Haxton apparently had been keeping the box prior to burying it on his property. He'd been keeping it in the basement of a house. Someone else was living there at the time. And I don't know if it was a tenant situation and he just like kept the box downstairs. I'm not exactly sure what their relationship was, but the man who lived in the house was found dead, sitting in a chair that was directly over the box in the basement. No, thank you. They ask Manis if he will go to the isolation room that is set up downstairs in the museum and be alone with the Divic box. Okay. Kevin Manis has not seen or been in the same room with this box in like 10 or 12 years. He says right? he brings a trigger object that was also the family's and he goes down. He stands down there for a while. Some of the museum lights start to flicker. They hear some noises in the room. And they've got, you know, like their usual nerve center set up where like Aaron and like, you know, the guys are in there with their headphones on and they're listening to what's happening in the room. And they're trying to talk to Manus while he's down there, but he's not responding. And he gets up away from the box and walks to a corner of the room and he's kind of just like pacing back and forth. And then he starts in a voice that does not sound anything like his normal speaking voice thus far, reciting a strange dark poem about a shadow man and tormented souls and dying. And he's pacing. And then the sort of like British dark gravelly voiced accent is just saying this poem. And they're like, Kevin, Kevin, can you hear us? And he's not responding. Jesus. So they eventually go down, get him out of there. He's acting confused. Everyone's a little bit wigged out at this point. <laughs> and the next scene that they show is Haxton, Manis, Zach, and a rabbi, Rabbi Wine. And he says that in... Judaism, they do believe in attachments or transmigrations, and that the message is you have to straighten your soul out. The idea is if you see a soul that is having a problem, it's not so much that the other soul is the problem, it seemed like he was saying. It was like, this is a message that you need to sort your shit out so that okay. this doesn't happen to you. So, it's sort of like a warning. He's trying to explain. This like religious history around the idea of a Dybbuk and transmigration and possession. And like Kevin Manis is sitting there trying real hard not to cough. Like just (laughs) like can't help himself. (laughs) It obviously looks like he's trying not to cough. Right. But he can't. So they're like, Do you need water? He's like, I guess. Maybe I do need some water. I don't know what's going on. And the man is sweating profusely and like red in the face and his neck is all blotchy and red and he's just coughing and can't catch his breath and they remind us you know well jason haxton said that when he first got the box he was very ill and coughing and red and sweaty and and felt terrible so the whole thing sort of ends with that segment on zach saying that he is concerned for Haxton and Manis and how close they are emotionally, psychologically, not so much, you know, geographically. Right. But just what their what their attachment now is and their relationship is to this box.
1: Right. So that's 2016.
0: A few years later.
1: <laughs> I love how <that> dramatic you
0: <laughs> are. This is really where it took a turn for me, folks. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Okay. If you have a scary story of your own that when you listen to us, you think, oh, I should send my stuff in, email us at theresidualspodcast at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, the underscore residuals underscore podcast. And I think we have a Twitter too, don't we, Joy? We do. We definitely have a Twitter. It is at the residuals pod. Just that pod? Just that. Drop the cast for Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, should we get back to the show? Oh, heck yeah! All right, all
0: right. So, July eighth, two thousand twenty-one. So very recently, less than a year. Wait, you just
1: said two thousand sixteen? No,
0: no, no. This new, this next thing that I'm about to talk about. So in July. The 8th of July, 2021. Okay. Not even a year ago. Uh huh. Charles Moss interviews Kevin Manis for InputMag.com. The title is Finally, the truth behind the quote, haunted dipic box can be revealed. Uh, You're going to love this part. The cursed cabinet inspired a Hollywood film and spooked post Malone
1: I know he got into it no dude he did he, I know that's in another he, episode he got like <sighs> he they saw the box I think they took off the case and he touched it and like he was kind of he and like something happened that, like Zach apparently and then his plane crashed and then he had a bad car wreck within a few days after it
0: See, I knew I could count on you for this part of the story.
1: Of course I know I didn't shit. even look
0: anything up. I knew that you would tell me. Of <laughs> course I know it. <laughs> so it says, it's spooked Post Malone, and now the man who first sold it on eBay in 2003 is coming clean. Oh, no. Did he lie? It appears that Kevin Manis fabricated the entire story. What the fuck? He was out visiting yard sales for his hole in the wall furniture restoration shop in Oregon and made up this story with apparently the intent to create a modern day horror story that would like take on its own life. Bananas, right? And like he has since continued. To make additions to the story, to keep it relevant, to keep it going, to continue interest in it and add pieces of the history. Like now the person who sold it, the person who created the Dybbuk box, the woman, she has a name.
1: So he's given it a backstory. Yeah.
0: He made all of that. He says that he put the carving on the back of it. He made the little statue on the inside. He put everything inside the box and made this whole thing up. Jesus, because he's a creative writer and wanted to make this horror story thing.
1: Okay, so is this when one of the things you and I talk about in that urban myths, urban legends, when they're talked uh-huh. enough, they're brought to life? Right. This is why
0: I find it so interesting. Okay. Because so many people have said that they've had legitimate adverse experiences with this thing. I'm not even talking about the stuff that like Manis is saying, oh, my brother-in-law, my sister, whatever. Forget all that. Yeah, because that's a bunch of baloney. Right. Since he sold it, things have happened to people that they stand by. Right. Like I didn't see anything in... Like last year where Zach Bagans was like,
1: this guy fucking
0: lied about blah, 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 blah. And maybe it's out there and I have to look harder, but I feel like he doesn't end up in the news very much anyway. He seems pretty under the radar with things. But people have had like legit experiences. And you're talking about like Post Malone and these people who have come out and like cried on TV and been scared on TV. And there's like more than a paper trail of the things that have happened to them.
1: Yeah, but this could also be that contagious hysteria situation where people go in with like this preconceived notion of what's going to happen and they get so head up about it emotionally that, you know, they're convinced because they just scare themselves into that.
0: But there were also things where they were investigating the box and they had names come through where they heard it say Kevin, and they heard it say evil and stuff like that. So it's either coincidence that mm-hmm. they're, mm, the technologies they're using are doing this, they're faking it, and they're making those words come out. Mm-hmm. Or, like we've talked about before so many times, that it's not the object, it's the intention that it's put into it. Yeah. So in making the Dibbit box, did Kevin Manis actually create something that's cursed? Right. By giving it energy, regardless of the fake backstory. I mean, this man lied about his mom having a stroke from it. Right. Like he didn't, he she was like, oh, she did actually have a stroke, but it wasn't from this. Like dude, you don't say that shit about your mom.
1: No. (laughs) That's
0: not, you don't do that. That's like, that's just bad juju to say that to like someone to get out of something. You forget about like making an entire international thing out of it. Right. And he perpetuated it by going on TV, by writing things about it, by participating in the movies and the other things that have come from it. And since 2016, he's been on ghost adventures after that saying, well, I found out there's more Dybbuk boxes. Uh. Like, this is what I mean, by he's added to the story and perpetuated, like, grown the story. So now he said that it wasn't just the original woman. It was her and at least one friend. And they called upon the spirit to help them win the war. Against the Nazis like this. There's so many things that are effed up about making this whole story up that I won't even get into like lies about the Holocaust and people who died. And just that's all disgusting on top of it.
1: Oh, my God. So he
0: lied about those people even existing, used the Holocaust as an emotional trigger for the story. And now he, the last time he was on Ghost Adventures, which I think was around the post Malone time, so maybe like 2018, Mm -hmm. he said he found out that there are more Dybbuk boxes because this woman and her friend called upon this evil. And then when it got out of control, they realized they had to split it up and divide it in these boxes and send the boxes around the world so that they could never be together releasing the evil, like went into a whole other fucking thing. Jesus. Into like Kabbalah and like legit folklore, religious mysticism stuff that people right. believe in. So again, taking something that is sacred to people. Right. Making lies out of it and using it for, I'm not even sure what, notoriety, clout, money. Feathering his career. Yeah. But like, he's not rich and famous. No. Like nobody's at home like, oh yeah, Kevin Maness. And Haxton says that, you know, Kevin Manis never would have had a movie. He never would have had anything written. None of this would have happened without him, Jason Haxton, because he's the one that actually wrote a book about it and did all this stuff. He's right. like, Manis like starts stuff and never finishes it. Right. He never would have done this without me. And I think he's ticked off that I was with the people making the movie and he wasn't. Right. Because they were talking about why is he saying it's all made up. Right. So there's like another sort of internal drama with it too between the two of them. So he's saying now that there are 10 Dybbuk boxes and he's given two to Zach and that there are six more that he's collected. So that makes oh, eight.
1: What a surprise.
0: What a coincidence. Right. Somehow he's found them. And then there are two more out there, and that mm. they can never all come together because it will unleash. The evil that is inside of it because the women who created it believe that it is responsible for every major bad thing that happened in the 20th century. I mean, they list, like, the fucking Korean War. They list, like, disasters in other countries. It's bananas, the stuff that he's, like, gone on to say this is.
1: What a wackadoo. Yeah,
0: so it sounds like, obviously, unless Manus is now recanting For another reason, and there's holes in the story. Like if you think about the story, it's like, okay, well, everybody died, but this is her granddaughter. Like, did she remarry? What is all? There's a lot of like, I have questions (laughs) when you read the whole like historical account. I can't imagine the idea of sitting in your house, making an object to pass for an actual haunted object.
1: But not even haunted, like a possessed. Possessed, right. Like he carved the inscription in
0: the back. He made the things inside. He made up this whole story. He like, like how long did it take him to do that? Think about the energy. It's not like you just like wrote a story and threw it up on like live journal or what the fuck ever, you know, and like walked away from it. You made a thing. You gave it a history. And even if it's not true what's to say that that kind of intention doesn't just make something true anyway. Right. Well it, yeah. Like how we talk about urban legends and, or how we talk about, Oh, well this house isn't haunted, but so many people have come in. Like when we went to the Coronado. Right. And we were saying, well, we don't really know that it's necessarily Kate.
1: But maybe it's just all the juge that everybody else brought with them. Well, all the all the people fu- fucks in about with, uh, with spirit boards and stuff, trying to right. communicate and who have no idea what they're doing and instead let something else in. I mean, this box has been around now for almost 20 years.
0: Right. F, yes. I don't know who's had it and done seances, who said what around it. Like, who knows? Right. So- Maybe Kevin Manis just was like, I'm going to make this thing and it's going to be bananas and ha ha ha. Like I'm making up this thing to put on eBay. And now almost 20 years later. It just has a life of its own. Right. So how do you backpedal from that? You don't. Do you, do you tell, you say, oh, it's all fake and I made it up. Ha ha. You guys are all idiots. When you have people who are legit breaking down. Right. Because they've got, whether it's because of their own emotion or whether it's because of something that has been imbued on this object. And I find the whole thing really fucking fascinating. That's intense. If you want to find the article, it is very long. Um, <laughs> So I will not read the entire article.
1: We can put a link to it. Yeah, in, we'll put a link to bio. it.
0: I just want to see if I can find a few things to read from it. Oh, yeah, it says this has the thing about Post Malone in it, too, how he didn't he didn't touch it. He sort of like conduit touched it because he touched Zach while Zach was touching it. Yeah. Yeah. The movie The Possession was based on it uh, by Sam Raimi in 2012. And that was when both and Haxton were production consultants on there. Apparently, since he's made that first eBay listing, the Dybbuk box has captured the popular imagination. This is, I'm reading from the inputmag.com article, Um, becoming the stuff of internet legend and commerce. You can buy Dybbuk boxes of all shapes and sizes on Etsy, eBay, and a website specifically dedicated to them, the Dybbuk box store. Eh! You can even watch people
1: open Dybbuk boxes on YouTube. Jesus, unboxing taken to the next level. Fucking seriously. Who needs a lol doll when you can get a possession? And then I guess at some point, uh, Manis posted
0: on Facebook back in 2015 saying, I am the original creator of the story of the Dybbuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that Dybbuk boxes have some kind of history prior to my story and that the idea of a Dybbuk box could contain anything other than a Dybbuk, along with any deviation to the type of contents I created to be found inside of a Dybbuk box is laughable at best. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dybbuk box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post, I will pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name on my forehead.
1: Okay, so that came out in 2015, but he was still
0: he's Still, yes. This was on some like random Facebook post. Well, someone fucked up. Kenny Biddle is a podcaster of some sort that I have not really researched much. He seems like he looks up paranormal and unexplainable stuff and and does some research into it. Um, but he says that in a 2019 column for the Skeptical Inquirer magazine, he dismissed the cabinet as a hoax. And as proof, he posted a screenshot of this Facebook post. Right. Where manus apparently said this. So I don't know if it was just like, a post that Manis made and then deleted. So it's not like out that, around forever, right. but this is what Kenny Biddle is um, claiming was posted in 2015. And that, I mean, I don't know when, I don't know when they filmed for the museum. It aired April, 2016 though. So if that was posted in October, 2015, oh, then it was he could have already been, that. Yeah. yeah, because they do. I mean, they don't just like the turn well, on that. No, that's
1: sure, how reality TV
0: works. The author of this article says, I'd never personally heard of the dip box until February when I interviewed a paranormal investigator for a podcast I'm creating, get off my lawn, and was immediately obsessed. I poked around on social media and eventually went to the one place I figured I could get answers, Reddit. I asked users in various paranormal subreddits about it though I got a few responses, this reply from a user named Manistar stood out. Mm. There were only 10 authentic and original Dybbuk boxes ever created. The term Dybbuk box was never used or known prior to 2001. I was the original owner. You may contact me and ask any questions you might have. Answers about Dybbuk boxes, my experience with them or anything related from anyone else are probably a bunch of crap. So I guess he's out there trying to, like, still hang on to the reins of this. But at the same time, he's saying... It's fake. I made all this shit up.
1: What a Looney tune.
0: You know? And then, then the author is like, I... Get Manus on the, the phone a few days later, and he quickly tells me that there's no such thing as a Dybbuk box in Jewish Jewish folklore, and explains to me the origin and meaning of the word Dybbuk, which is essentially a spirit that cleaves onto a soul of another living being. It's kind of an oxymoron, he says, speaking from his current home in Paris, Tennessee. Dibbics don't live in boxes, so a Dybbuk box, by definition, doesn't make any sense. Jesus. So this confuses me. Is there or isn't there a debit box? So the whole thing was made up, I ask. The whole backstory of it coming from a Holocaust survivor. And he says, no, no, I'm not saying that. Okay. <laughs> like he just, it seems like he can't decide what he wants the truth to be. Or, right. you know, maybe he just goes back and forth with like, I want to stay in this position of being quasi relevant in a very small group of people. Because like, again, dude, nobody knows who you are. If somebody right. posts this in like the Times on the front page, everyone's "Who the fuck is Kevin Manis and what the fuck is a Dubic box?" Um, but yeah, this article is very long and very detailed and goes into rivalries with Haxton and Manis and like who got paid for what in what
1: movie and blah blah blah. So, what well, that is bunkers and fascinating and took a turn I was not expecting.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. I will leave you with this last quote from here. Kevin Manis says, I am a creative writer. The Dybbuk box is a story that I created and the Dybbuk box story has done exactly what I intended it to do when I posted it 20 years ago, which is to become an interactive horror story in real time. End quote.
1: Oh my God. It's like you choose your own adventure. Bunkers.
0: Yes. We'll post links to that. Um, it's pretty fascinating and confusing. (laughs) And I just like, I like the idea. I like that. It makes me think of like, what could be going on with it. Right. All the possibilities,
1: all of them. Yeah. So that's insane. So
0: go have a read listeners, go Google the Dippet box and see what happens for you. If you're all over the Reddit, let us know what you find. Yeah. Um, I I do really want to go check it out. Um, I have wanted to go to Zach's haunted museum for a while. And I think I forget how close Vegas is because I'm not, from the side of the country so like to me vegas has always been very far away
1: <laughs> no it's like a three hour drive i believe i've yeah, I done it like four from my house so. yeah i've done the drive a few times
0: yeah um so you know if you want it's pretty close i'll drive us out there yes i'm a, I'm a good long distance driver you're a good driver you're a very good driver um i'm an excellent driver yeah uh, only old people will get that that's fine that's okay um, <laughs> you can count toothpicks
1: when you drop them on the floor it's great
0: Wapner gotta be home for Wapner Wapner again so many old
1: people so many old people only, only will get that
0: um so yeah maybe we can take a ride out there and go check out Zach's museum and I can like fangirl a little bit and see I mean there's not just they have so much stuff there they have a lot of like real creepy stuff at the right. museum so I would love to go do that with you Sometimes. Yes. And
1: not stay at a haunted hotel this time. This time we can stay at a non-haunted hotel.
0: Or at least a not haunted room, because I started looking up haunted hotels in Las Vegas and there's apparently a lot because a bunch of okay down there.
1: No, okay. Let's just get a non-haunted room with very squishy beds and robes. Yeah. Uh yeah. that has room service and slot machines. Okay. Yeah, I'm into it.
0: If anybody listening has like hotel Rex, yeah um let us know if you know any other places that we should go check out while we're there yes Um, oh oh quickly let me give a shout out to my friend scott uh scott DeBockler. he listens to the show so hi scott thank you for listening this whole time uh (laughs) he makes guitar pedals
1: and they're custom guitar pedals like and that's amazing
0: dope like guitar pedals please go check out his stuff it's snk the letters um snk pedals we'll put a link on that um, on our instagram also he makes guitar pedals and we recently like collaborated where i did some artwork for one of his guitar pedals and he was going to send me one so i got this package from him a few weeks ago and i was like oh dope this is my guitar pedal cool and i opened it and it wasn't a guitar pedal. It was two motherfucking custom REM pods
1: that Mm -hmm. he made
0: for us (laughs) because he's amazing. So we have REM pods to take with us when we investigate places now. Yep. Um, So I'm excited that we can do that. So maybe we can bring them with us and not use them at all in the room that we're sleeping in. No, thank you. (laughs) Please. No,
1: thank you. (laughs)
0: No. Um, but we have some, so it's really exciting that we can go use those. So thank you from the bottom of my cold, black, icy heart, Scott. I appreciate it.
1: I love that. No, I'm excited to take them on a maiden voyage. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm. we we need to do that. Um, so yes, please, some hotel wrecks, some Vegas wrecks. Uh, even if you have. The recommendation of a don't fucking go to this place because they're terrible. I yes. want to hear those too because, um, I haven't ever been to Las Vegas and it was one time a million years ago described to me as it's like New York, but everyone wants to talk to you. No, uh, and I used to live in New York and everybody wanted to talk to me in New York, and I was like, that sounds like a nightmare, so Delicious. I never want to go there.
1: Uh- <laughs> I love it. I went with my mom and we played penny slots and it hit the buffet and it was great. Buffet. Yeah, I know. But you know what? I'm afraid of the buffet in these post whatever times. Pandemic
0: slash endemic. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I'm cool with just ordering room service and sitting Mm -hmm. in fluffy robes. Maybe we can get our nails done. I would love that.
0: Ugh. so much yeah just put me in a pool also like if i could just float yes i'm good with that yeah like something
1: a- okay this is what we need mm. listeners help us we'd like to have something with the pool but mm. something that doesn't have fucking rave parties every weekend with drunk people um know, yeah, in the pool we just want something chill relaxing for boring old people like ourselves but isn't like has has been renovated uh in the past like 10 years isn't stuck in a time warp
0: right um, and it would just be the two of us this is not like family excursion it's just just two middle-aged ladies going to like fat around <laughs> and,
1: like chill right. <laughs> Vegas has such a bonkers history mm. with, with how it started and it's you know it's past it's corrupt past like um do you think what Before we go to
0: Vegas, my librarian friend, maybe you could uh, use your super detective powers to find a few places that we're not going to stay, that we could just go visit. Yeah. um, That have weird, creepy histories, and you can do like a little short Vegas ghosty history.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, cool. I love this game plan. Me too. This is great.
1: I'm excited. Oh, oh um, by the way, I've got another question for you. Um, uh huh. What are you grateful for this week? Ah, nuts. It in.
0: <laughs> yeah. What am I grateful for? Shit. I like it's so funny how long we've been doing gratitudes and still
1: i the end of the podcast. I know.
0: Be, like, completely
1: blindsided by the get, question. Get your shit together.
0: I I'm grateful for um. I guess I, I'm really kind of stoked on our garden this year. Boom. There you go. Uh, we have some corn stalks that are growing, and some tomatoes, peppers, and basil, and gigantic prehistoric looking scallions and strawberries and then we just got some like jasmine and honeysuckle in the front so it smells amazing when we have the doors and windows open Mm -hmm. Uh, I planted a bunch of like wildflowers and they're starting to come up and the roses look really good so I feel like I'm grateful that I have finally figured out how to not kill
1: every plant that I come in contact with (laughs) I'm really proud of you I'm really proud of you
0: (laughs) and it's teacher appreciation week so this morning we picked some flowers from around the yard, and we sent Enzo with a little bouquet for his teacher.
1: Oh, that's so sweet! Very
0: cute. I love that. Yeah. So I love yeah, that. I'm grateful for not killing plants.
1: Yay! What about you, my dear? Um, I am grateful that our local English food store had Monster Munch in stock, so I could get my pickled onion flavor Monster Munch crisps. They're delicious. That sounds good. They're really good. I'll get you some next Please. time if they have them in. I'll get you some.
0: Yeah, I love those like dill pickle chips. So anything, sort I think you like, like that, them. I'm into.
1: We're also big on prawn cocktail flavor things, and they uh, we have a band of uh, a brand of crisps called Skips, and you put them on your tongue and they kind of dissolve. Oh, and they're really good. They're really the the hella tasty. Right. So
0: what you're saying is, is you need to go shopping for our Vegas trip so we can.
1: Yeah, we'll stink stink up the car on the way there. We'll roll out at the valet stand, and they'll be like, "What the fuck have you been eating?" Great, <laughs> it's been amazing.
0: If you want to watch the Dybbuk box uh, thing with Zach at the haunted museum, it is on Discovery Plus under the Deadly Possessions Ghost Adventures thing. It's the only season they have, and it's episode one of Robert the Doll and the Dibic Box. So I recommend watching that. And then uh, the Post Malone thing, I think you could probably just find clips if you search that
1: on Google. It's on the the YouTube. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's
0: on the YouTube. And InputMag.com has the Dybbuk Box story, but we will also uh, put links to those up because there's a lot of links for this one
1: and then i think maybe you you down with continuing the haunted objects thing for our next episode
0: yeah i like doing this um especially when it's stuff that we can go see
1: i know let's do it
0: all right cool so uh until next time please sage your sofas
1: don't be afraid of the dark
0: but i will (laughs) see you later bye bye asked her the following day how she was doing she teared up and spelled out the words n o g i f
1: t no gift oh no gift no gift sorry <laughs>